Welcome to another episode of No Ride Around, and it is the COVID episode. Blah, blah, blah. I know, I feel like we need like the big horror mu- movie music there. We uh, totally do. It, it's how everyone sees it right now. This is the horror stretch of time, dude. Um, yeah, man. I. Uh, it's kind of funny. Like we've we've done two episodes since lockdowns and things like that, and. Um, We've largely, except for my minor meltdown when I thought the bike shop was going to get shut down, um, we've largely not really talked about it. Yeah, we've pretty much just kind of stayed the course with talking about the things we were still doing. Yeah. Um, part of that, I think, was for us, and part of that was also, I think, for the audience, just to kind of... <laughs> break. <laughs> well, everything is so, so, so... Uh, I mean, everything you process, if, if you're... If you're not controlling it through Netflix or streaming services, if you're watching or consuming anything off of the internet or, or, or any sort of network TV, it's it's all about that shit. I've actually watched more local news in the last six weeks than I have ever watched, I think, ever before. I've intentionally watched less. No, I, well, it's almost <laughs> like, you know, because there's so many different veins of information as business owners, you and I get information in so many different ways. Right. And so the local news has actually been the most reliable to get. I, mean, I literally watch a news conference. And I'm like, what am I going to be able to do next week yeah. based on what's being said? So I haven't missed like the mayor updates from Hancock. I haven't missed the state updates from Polis. You know, I'm, I'm, I've watched news conferences like streaming live on online just because I don't want to miss something because I want to be able to, as a business, react both positively and immediately to what I can do for sure. Yeah. And, and truthfully, um, uh, to your credit, that's probably the responsible thing to do. Like we <laughs> went three days at the shop without me knowing that masks were required in Denver. <laughs> right. So eh, for better, for worse, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, I've had to, you know, we had our reopening set and I shot out all the material. I'm like reopening May 4th. We'll be here, you know, or May 1st rather, uh, outdoor workouts, May 4th in the gym. And then, third, like, I don't know, 18 hours later, I'm deleting all of those posts and pulling <laughs> it all down because the new update. You Sending know? new emails out. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So. Uh, well, you and I um, have had two vastly different approaches to our, how, we're, how we've treated our, our approach to fitness and, and what we're doing individually during the times of stay-at-home orders. Right, no. Uh, yeah, we both... Basically completely opposite. Yeah, no, it's awesome because we're going to get both ends of the spectrum. But we both stayed training, right? right. And uh, I think before we dive into some of those details, there's been a lot of other podcasts that I've either heard or been referenced from buddies or whatever that are, you know, they're coaches either in the triathlon world or endurance racing in some version, either cycling or running or whatever. And a lot of coaches are like, you know, go back to base building, go back to base. Like, there's been a lot of strategies thrown around uh, because I think, I'm, I mean, as an unprecedented situation, no one knew what to do with riding. So from the coaching perspective, you know, I had a lot of people asking, like, well, should, is that what we should do? And I think that because we don't know what's going to happen based on what has happened, like we're clueless, right? Yeah. I, I've really encouraged people to, to stay the course, right? To stay the training plan because there will be events, you know, when they are, who knows, hopefully, you know, as soon as possible, but there will be things to do. So keep training. And you and I both have done that. Like we haven't missed a beat. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've, because of the nature of, you know, we made the team announcement on the last episode and uh, staying in contact with all those people throughout this. I've had a ton of people, both at the bike shop, private text messages, whatever, asking, hey, man, do you think we're racing? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm not changing. Right, right. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm going to race somebody somewhere. No, I, yeah, I'm actually racing every time I'm out there. Um, they just don't know. But, uh, no, yeah, we will be. And, you know, I got an email today from a race director for the GRO races for 24 hours in Frog Hollow. And, uh, Did you get on you? Yeah, right. 25 hours in Frog Hollow. It's a race in Virgin, Utah. Got it. 
25 hour race, obviously. And, uh, you know, they just opened up registration and I'm like gun shy mm -hmm. as hell to register for anything. Cause my registration fees, I've had two events canceled and this gets swallowed up. You know, it's, we had a, I am singing a little different tune with old man winter at first. I'm like, Oh, you're just going to swallow up. How crazy that that whole thing came full circle on yeah, us. foreshadowing big time, big time, dude. <laughs> and I, I was saying things like, you can't just keep the money. You know what you can't do. <laughs> and I'm like, no member, seriously, I just keep paying your auto pays, <laughs> which we're making up to. We're doing private training sessions and stuff. But, um, but yeah, man, wow. It came full circle. And so now like these, you know, race directors are, canceling races and your fees just kind of get swallowed up because they're still either benefiting the organizations they were built for or the money's kind of spent, whatever. I mean, it's been a little mixed bag. Um, last Saturday was supposed to be my official race season kickoff at Ridgeline Rampage right. and they canceled and I think they refunded everybody, both Ridgeline. So I think warriors, I think, so I've heard, I've heard both. Cool. You know, I've heard it. I've heard it definitely swing both ways. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously, the worst person to be right now would be, well, I mean, it's like us, you know, I don't think, I don't think members of E3 envy my situation yeah. at all. Um, and I don't envy the situation for a race director, like yeah. to manage that. And it just, it sucks, you know? So, um, so that puts a lot of people in like training. Like, what do you do? What am I training for? Is it about the intensity or the miles or do I need to do this or do I need to do that? And let's get into it. You and, and the I accountability is hard too. I mean, I've yeah. talked to a handful of people, um, I will not call them out, um, either publicly or privately, but I've had a number of people tell me in confidence, yeah, man, my consistency sucks. Cause if I'm not worried about Justin yelling at me for not showing up to the gym, I just don't do it. Right. Like a couple of people. So, you know, and, and some people need that. Like there's, there's some people need that like accountability partner. Um, well, I mean, it's why this, it's why, you know, and I say yeah. this cause we're in E3 right now, yeah. but it's why this business survives, but I see it because I run the, these my zone reports yeah. every week. And yeah, I get yeah. Nobody's see, hiding. Yeah. I get to see them. Like, <laughs> so we've had, um, you know, when you work out here at E3, for those that are listening, we have TV monitors up and they're displaying people's percentage of max heart rate, um, through my zone. And then also we have different screens that kind of go through. I can put pictures up or advertisements for like events that we have coming up, whatever. But every so often a leaderboard pops up for the entire month. You know, and it'll show you where people are for the whole month. And there are a handful of people that are always at the very, very top of the leaderboard, like without a fail, like Hoss is at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, you know? every, every month. Every yeah. month, right? But then in the month of March, I noticed it. In the month of April, big time, I noticed it, that the people that are very gym dependent, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you're a gym rat, I love it, dude, because it's work, right? Yeah. Um, but people that are very gym dependent, I watch their numbers just plummet. You know, just plummet big time. And because that's, you know, we, we want people around us sharing the pain, sharing the sweat and motivating us along. And when you don't have that either through races or through like being able to be on the trails socially, instead of like being on the trails with a mask on and being a dick to everybody, yeah. it's, it's hard to find that. Yeah, we, we definitely, I'm, I'll, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but we went for a ride last night. And we definitely were not riding with masks on. No. Not doing it. No, right. I haven't ridden with masks. As a matter of fact, and again, a little foreshadowing, today is the first day I put um, a face covering on in public. And it's not because I'm like that asshole was not following the rules, right? Like, um, I just think jury's out on those things, you know. And I just try to stay away from people anyway. And so. <laughs> uh, just my yeah, default setting. You know? <laughs> but I went into uh, I went in today to run Aaron at Restaurant Depot, and they wouldn't let me in the doors because yeah. now it's like mandatory. In, in, in Denver County, you have to. Yeah. So fortunately, I had a, a junk headband. And wrap that around with, your face. I did. So yeah. I just pulled my junk headband over my mouth yeah. and my nose, and that's now I'm like now that's my go-to. So if I am on a trail and somebody gives me a hard time, I'll just like peel my headband down and throw it over my nose. Um, well, what? So. We also have two very different business scenarios right now, too, which has lent itself to, I think, a big part of our different approaches to fitness for the last six weeks. Almost almost 100 yeah. percent the reason for our approaches. Yeah. So I've been fortunate, been able to stay open and you've been kind of up against it and trying to find ways to, to keep your members engaged. And so you can't be here. No. What are you going to do? The doors you're, have you're been gonna, closed. You're going to sit in your house? 
The doors have been closed since March 17th at 8 a.m. And with the exception of coming here a handful of times for like personal reasons um, or to get like some work done or in-depth cleaning, we've had projects and stuff. But for the most part, in terms of business, we've been closed. And it not only is it important that we've been closed, but we've had to be closed. Today, I saw a uh, CDC officers walking up front of Broadway with their masks on and they had iPads out taking notes and they had like guns on their head, like they're armed. Yeah. And uh, they were patrolling the outside of the building, mm-hmm. which is nuts to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Right. You know, opinions are opinions. So I've been closed. You've been open. Yeah. And so what does Justin do when Justin has free time? <laughs> I've been on <laughs> six weeks of bikecation. Yeah. You've been riding your face off. Riding my face off. So, uh, and we'll get into these, but I've elected to ride as much as humanly possible. And in the month of April, I did that. In the month of April, I rode 1,056 outdoor miles in the month of April. In 2019, I rode 5,000 miles. So I rode more than 20% of last year's total in just this one month. That's, that's a lot. If you broke it down, it's a 35.2 mile a day average for outdoor miles for outdoor miles in a lot of dirt. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you went on some cool adventures. You and uh, Andy Chamberlain went and did, I can't ever, was it like Phantom? Yeah. I was going to call it like lost Canyon. Yeah. Phantom Canyon down in Canyon city, which is awesome gravel road. Um, one of the, I did a bunch, matter of fact, of all those miles, maybe three or four rides were on trails that I, consistently visit like outside of COVID time. Mm-hmm. I did rides I'd never done before. Yeah. Um, the entire Highland Canal, both south and east, all the way out to Aurora where it finishes in, by the way. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you're not missing much on that. Don't, no need to go ride. It's not. Highland Canal East <laughs> is never a turn you should make. It's not a, that's, that's not a Eastern Colorado. It's Western Kansas. Dude, it's, it is like, it winds. So the Highland Canal, if, if you haven't ridden the whole thing before, you need to know what you're getting yourself into because it will frustrate you beyond belief because you will cross a road or go under a road, you know, and then you'll wind and you may be winding for three and a half, four miles and you'll cross another road that's only one city block away. And you're like, I could have driven across these roads and or ridden on surface street. So it's super windy, but um, it is like it is over 60, it's 65 miles and change winding through the metro denver area yeah and is it all gravel i mean I, I, i've never set tires on it well and that's the kicker so from colorado boulevard uh, the junction with colorado boulevard and hamden is uh, a, about a halfway point of highland canal south to chatfield from there is all gravel like the crushed and it's like beautifully like like vacuumed gravel like it's right. really nice the opposite direction is all paved so really don't go east uh, but it's all paved and there's a, a single track cut to the side of it for about 50% of it. So you can ride on that. And that's what I, you know, the LA you're on dirt, uh, but it gets you to the Rocky mountain arsenal, which has a gravel path all the way around the arsenal. Um, again, relatively lackluster, but routes I'd never done before. So, right. I, I actually heard the arsenal was like kind of neat, like riding around the outside of it was like kind of cool. That's what I heard too. <laughs> and and from like four people, um, turns out not so much. No, it, uh, so it's a wildlife refuge also. So they have like buffalo in there and apparently like eagles and hawks and all kinds of stuff you can see. Um, I didn't see anything. And I got, I was, uh, the backside of it, it was all headwind. So at a point I said, I better see a fucking dinosaur in here. Like I don't want to see a buffalo anymore. I better see a fucking brontosaurus. Um, because to make this worth it, I never saw a brontosaurus. Um, and it wasn't worth it. So, yeah. all right. Well, um, but yeah, so I, I rode a lot of unique stuff. I rode from home. Um, I did not put my my bike on the back of my truck and drive to a trailhead, but for maybe three or four rides in a whole month of April, I did a fun thing with my neighbor. Uh, we did a morning Cortado run every morning at 7 a.m. We yeah. rode to a different coffee shop and got... What was it? Tour de tour tour de, du Cortado. Yeah. And uh, to find the best uh, Cortados in the city. Who won so far? This, it, I'm going to sound like a sellout. So, I, but, I mean, we love Nixon's, but 
everybody does something a little bit different, right? Right. So of all of them, we went to, went to 14 coffee shops to get Cortados every morning for two weeks in a row. Nixon's is at the, is if I gave a, like a, these are the three best uh-huh. Nixon's coffee house, Bardo coffee house. It's on uh, Broadway. Broadway. And the last one would have been thump coffee. I've heard of them. Now, Nixon's and Bardo both use Kaladi coffee beans. So I obviously understand, like, I have a preference for that in a, in a Cortado, at least, for Kaladi beans. So, yeah, Nixon's, Bardo, and, and Thump, those those three were just ridiculous. Nice. So, I only had one that I sipped, and I was like, I can't, I can't. Good thing it's small. I'm not drinking it. We actually made a little deal. This was kind of fun, where not everything's open, right? So you... Ben and I alternated who picked what coffee shop each day. And so the deal was if you picked a coffee shop and it was closed, you know, and we got there and some more, like we rode in snow, we rode in ice. Like we, some mornings were cold, some mornings were beautiful. If you got to a coffee shop and it was closed, then you had to, we then found a new one that was nearby. And then you had to drink a drink the other person orders for you. Mandatory. <laughs> so it was like the penalty, right? So we get the, the first time it happens, Ben picks this coffee shop that's not open. And so I pick one that's a nearby, we go there, and I make him drink an oat milk Cortado because he thinks oat milk tastes like uh, oh, Stan's tire yes. I remember him saying yeah. that. I was like, I mean, I can see it. That just sounds awful. Yeah, he hates the taste of oat milk, right? So I make him get an oat milk Cortado. He drinks it. No <laughs> bullshit, dude. The next day, and I looked online, molecule effect. It's open. The website's oh, Everything's open about molecule effect. No big deal. They're open, right? Next morning, we ride there. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. So we get there. It's about a seven-mile ride or whatever to get there. And they're closed. Ben knew they were closed. He had researched it that morning. I researched it the night before. These assholes updated their website overnight. overnight. Some bullshit, dude. So we get there. It's closed. So we end up at Metropolis. And uh, he makes me get a lavender whole milk latte. It was like drinking your wife's fucking lotion. It was vile. Ugh. We took that bet out after that. So. <laughs> like we, all, we each got one. So we just did. So I just did different stuff, stuff I'd never done before. I rode each. I tried to ride each of my bikes every week. I, I always rode from home, which meant sometimes you know twenty-five to thirty miles round trip of pavement to go get fifteen miles of dirt. Um, I did bike packing. I did. I did road rides. I. Yeah, what did, did you and you and Andy? That's another one. That's another noteworthy one. Like of all the rides, there were some noteworthy ones. Yeah. So, and I think your your overnight uh, tour yeah. was pretty cool. Rampart Range Road. Uh, we rode down to Sedalia. And then Rampart Range Road is a gravel road that connects Sedalia through Woodland Park all the way to Colorado Springs to Manitou Springs. So we rode in one day from our houses, my house, to Manitou Springs. We camped in an RV, park, or RV campground and then, uh, and then rode back from the springs the next day. It ended up being 202 miles in those two days. And, uh, I think the cool takeaway for your adventuring is that there is a way to, to get everywhere by bike. Everywhere, dude. So much so that these last handful of days I've been like preparing the gym, both with staff. And like, if you look over, I got hundreds of pairs of nitrile gloves. So I've had to not had to, how hard are those things to get right now? Dude. So even, so I get access to like major supply stores, right? Restaurant Depot. I'm limited to three units. In the past, you couldn't buy a unit of gloves, meaning one box of 100. You had to buy a case of like 5,000. Yeah. Now you can't buy a case. And so I said, well, do I, can I come back later today and get three more? She goes, yeah. So I'm going to have to make like 15 trips to buy three of Anyhow, I've been driving over the last few days uh, to get places. And yesterday I drove to White Ranch with Abby. We did a, I did a quick little like recovery loop just to go hit Longhorn and she trail ran. I get so irritable driving. Like, <laughs> like the last six weeks have changed my idea of yeah. what it is to bike ride. Like I don't want to drive to a trailhead. I don't want to like traffic is picked up because the adjacent towns stay at home orders closed, even though Denver's is still on traffic's busier. Like I don't, it sucks, dude. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, yeah. I think it's really cool. Um, I think a lot of people look at two two cities that are separated by 100 miles and probably go, "I gotta drive." Yeah. So um, I think there's something to be said there that you you got the time, you could find a way. Yeah, if you got the time, you got a couple of bags, um, and we didn't see anybody. 
that whole time. It was just us out there, which was super cool, um, which is a thing to note for me anyway. Uh, we were going to do a second 200-miler uh, at the end of, of April here, and Andy ended up uh, not being able to go, and so I was like, oh, I'll just go myself. Doing a 200-mile like overnight two-day bike pack alone, though, buddy thing in it it's a buddy thing dude like so i start riding and you know abby's cool um she's awesome she's like yeah go do your thing you know so i'm all packed up i'm ready so i roll out i get like 35 miles into it and i just i think to myself okay i'm gonna do this ride all the way out we were gonna go you know i was gonna ride the high line and deer creek canyon and then make up my way all the way up to foxtrot and into buff creek anyhow i'm riding out there and doing the whole adventure and i start thinking like i'm gonna go to buff creek I've been there a bunch. I'm going to camp by myself and eat a dehydrated meal. Big deal. Then I'm going to ride all the way back. I could like stay at home tonight, eat dinner with my wife, sleep in my bed, and, and just, just go, go do it. Yeah, just go do another big ride tomorrow, which is exactly what I ended up doing. Right. And I talked myself all the way out of it. I did make Andy feel bad because I go, I didn't do the trip because of you. And <laughs> it's a buddy thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see. That. I mean, those miles, you're just take, it's not. It's not always going to be interesting. Like the uh, the Phantom Canyon looked like that was cool riding. Like the scenery looked yeah. cool. That w- wooden bridge thing that you sent me a picture of. I could see doing something like that solo because at least the scenery is engaging. Yeah. But if you're just cranking out 100 miles in a day like, on roads and just nothing special. I mean, Colorado yeah. as a whole is pretty special. Yeah, but there's nothing, no new place. It wasn't yeah. a new place. It's like just place I've been, you know? Yeah. Um, so the newness to it, but so I went out again, you're right. I had time, dude. I could do four, five, six hours a day of riding and still have spent three hours in the morning talking to members on the phone, doing emails, like doing some messaging, you know, still doing an, yeah, still as work. much as I could. Yeah. Um, and then I get five hours to just go fuck off. And so it was on a bike. Conversely, you ended up, uh, <laughs> instead of having two days a week off, like a normal human being, you're down to like one, which really isn't a day off because you have to do all of your life stuff in that day. Yep. And so you're working six days a week and I'm not going to say short staffed, but like on the river. No, I mean, we were short staffed until two weeks ago. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's I won't bore everybody with the details of it, but I mean, the if you talk to any bicycle industry professional in the history of the bike industry going back to the 80s to the 70s even scaling for dollars and you know inflation and all that sort of stuff the bike business has never been this busy and it's not because of supply chain issues it's not all this weird stuff where oh you can't get product you can get product um some a little bit easier than others it's just volume volume like Part of it, there was an article um, that came out of bicycling.com that pointed to the fact that places like E3 aren't able to have people come in. And so people are just like, well, I don't have a bike or the bike I have sucks or whatever, and they're getting out on bikes. Um, so, yeah, we were, I mean, my, my, I, there's a, couple of layers to to my decision to not train out outside part of it was having um, some kind of consistency between some policies we Im- implemented at the bike shop as far as not demoing and renting bikes and the fact that i have a fairly you know public life when it comes to social media and that sort of thing so i felt the the need to kind of stay consistent there um and then I also just felt like, hey, man, you know, win, lose, or draw, for better, for worse, whatever you want to say, um, the spirit of the stay-at-home order is to stay within your 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 zone, you know, not to travel more than 10 miles outside of your your uh, your live work. And so that's what I decided to do, and it's purely for personal reasons. Um, and so with that, um, I did a boatload of indoor bike training <laughs> yeah so we, we spent 15 minutes talking about all these crazy rides i did uh you didn't do any less riding you just didn't really yeah go I got, the scenery was <laughs> my basement 
<laughs> Which you did some upgrades to your basement, so it's better. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's, you know, Hunt got some bikes hanging up. We got the, um, got the new bike trainer, got the new smart trainer, and um, was playing around with the trainer road stuff a bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my, my story isn't nearly as entertaining or as interesting or adventurous, but... <laughs> But you still but, rode a ton. Anyways, I was riding, you know, five days a week and and still, um, you know, doing gym work, quote unquote gym work. At you, home. Uh, you did FTP testing before and, and I'm not going to say after COVID because yeah. this isn't a thing that's going away. Yeah. Um, but for a hot minute. But you spent six weeks of not riding outside. Yep. And, and it's the six weeks that mountain bikers specifically because we can't ride year round on the trails that we want to ride. Right. Like I have a road bike because I like to mountain bike, but you can't mountain bike in December consistently. So but the month of April is, is the, for the most part, you can get on most of the trails. Corner. Like people are getting jacked up and yeah. you kind of stayed in winter mode. I um, did. It was, I'm sorry. No. So we have this group chat, um, with a handful of, of racers for me three. And, and I, I like the spirit of what it was created in, which is just kind of like be supportive and like, potentially offer some motivation. Like if I upload a workout to the chat, then maybe somebody will be like, Oh man, shit, man, maybe I haven't worked out. Like, ah, fuck, I'll go work out. Right. Um, but there was one week that, uh, I, I puffed up my chest just a little bit cause it was, it was beautiful all week. And of course everybody's uploading this ride and that ride and <laughs> Strava and pictures. And I'm just like, I'm dying, like dying watching all this. But then that Friday, it got real shitty for about three days, and the chat went silent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. It's this swing season so hard to. Yeah. Um, when, it, it's, when it's easy to get out and ride your bike, it's easy to get out and ride your bike yeah. like that. You, like it, it you, you don't need the uh, accountability buddy because the nice weather is that. Well, what, it's kind of funny it's the way you say that. Uh, not to bounce it back, but the Tour du Cortado helped with that because that was going that weather swing happened during it. And so that Friday we got up and I pulled the fat bike out and was in full like ski gear helmet or not helmet, but goggles the whole nine and rode through some shit later that day. I went for a ride anyway. Cause I kind of like almost popped the cherry that day on riding outside, even though, you know, I should have stayed in. So yeah. yeah. But, but of course no change for me. It's always yeah. 70 degrees in my house. Consistent. You were like in uh, Southern California in your yes. basement. I just threw on a nice little mountain bike video and threw the headphones on and, and cranked out some uh, some trainer road workouts. Have you done that? Did you do end up doing that Columbine uh, video? I threw the Columbine video on for part of my most recent ramp test. So if you guys are listening and you want to check some out, if you go on YouTube and just type in um, Columbine video – uh, for training and this guy rides uh the whole Columbine climb of, of the Leadville 100 course with GoPro and he covers it all the thing is and the guy does an awesome is, is job is it the two hour video yeah it's a yeah. two hour video yeah. he does an awesome job because he passes a ton of people see you know he's not just behind the same like spandex ass the I whole time like good rider he well he passes a bunch of people the thing is he is in the back part of the field like like pretty far back in the field. Um, and so his pace isn't the pace that I, that I do Columbine at. Right. So I'm doing the video and I was going to do a one hour yeah. single speed. And I did it indoor. This was for an indoor workout. By the way, I built a spin studio in my house and only used it twice. Abby used it. I think 25 out of 40 days that I was at our house. I did it twice. One of these days watching the video and I'm like, Come on, dude. Like, we should be at this turn way sooner. <laughs> His pace is killing me. I'm like, dude, no, come on. But cool video. Um, so my takeaway, I actually kind of started, the weather was still a little bit gross, and I'd been wanting to do some indoor bike workouts. So um, the real story is, I think, about eight or nine weeks of, like, real focused on bike training. Um, but I, I got a 30-watt pump. Dude, you had a over, what, it ended up being like a 15% jump. It went, the first one went from 190 to 210. And then the most recent one went from 210 to 220. Yeah, dude, that's freaking awesome. And I mean, I know those are, you know, compared to some of the guys out there, but hey, 30 watts is 30 watts. No, I, it's percentage, right? So yeah. like you, you, I mean, that's, yeah, I have to do some like stupid, <laughs> use my Siri calculator because I lost 
my uh, ability to do it. But no, that's a 15 and a half percent jump yeah. in FTP, which that is a huge number because people will spend their entire season on FTP build and 10, a 10% bump over a whole like season of growth is a really, it's a big, that's a big number jump. Like you're not going to move from like 200 to 310 in a season. Like this is unrealistic, right? So 15% in eight weeks indoor on your own, that's a badass jump. Like yeah, I'll take it. Patting your back here. You know? No, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, I do. I mean, I mean, I'll, if your training modality is indoors, I'll, I'll give the, all the way the stamp of approval to the trainer road guys. Yeah. Like that and a smart trainer and somebody to keep an eye on you. Like, like my buddy across the table here, like all the way in. Well, that was, <laughs> we talked about this a bit on the phone, but just to give you kind of some public, uh, kudos, you got to a point where your heart rate and the power profile from trainer road started to become like perfectly correlated meaning recoveries like yeah you were the, you were the work sessions and the right. recovery sessions are what they need if to be. the work said get way up here you were getting way up here and if the rest period was this short to get down there you were getting down like you got to a point where they just paired up perfectly mm-hmm. um and anyone could do that if you just moved your bandwidth down but you were doing it in the right bandwidth too so if it was over under with threshold you were getting over your heart rate threshold when you were getting over your power threshold at right. the same time so yeah you ended up i mean in terms of uh, a trained cyclist right now, you're on like on it. Yeah. You know? Now you probably can't handle a bike for shit on a rocky trail. I had a great ride yesterday. <laughs> so I did. I so you know I had my little line in the sand and I held it for a really long time. And the stay-at-home order, in theory, is going to lift on May eighth. Um, and you hear mixed reviews, but I I, I hit my limit last Friday. Which was the lift of the statewide state. I didn't even really know that. I literally yeah. went downstairs and was getting geared up to hop on the bike for another trainer road session and said, F this all the way and put on my gear and grab my, my new bike that I'd, I've been staring at for four months. Dude, <laughs> I almost thought, um, I almost thought you just didn't, didn't want to ride, didn't want to ride that bike. No, I wanted. To. You had to look at it so long. I was, I was sad for you. So, um, so I, yeah, I got the got the Norco out, and then from there I rode the Norco for three days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, so remember, I don't know if you guys remember, but a handful of episodes ago, I had told, uh, I'd said like, oh, I just gotta go to work mode, you know. Uh, I got to go to work mode and be in work mode. And then I get a random phone call from Victor. He's like, Hey, you want to go to Tucson for twenty four hours old public and work mode went out the window. Yeah. Same thing just happened to you. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, and, and in finding kind of fun, easy things to do too, um, uh, one of our team members, uh, Dan Larson had, uh, been mentioning that he and I were very much following him less publicly, but he was very much not riding outdoors and training indoors and, um, for a lot of the same reasons. And, um, he was like, look, man, if you need to like sneak a little dirt in, there's this little XC loop over at the Ruby Hill bike park, um, which is a, a city run dirt jump park that has a one, I think it's like 1.7 or 1.8 mile loop around it to call a mountain bike trails, a little bit of a stretch, but you can have, some- I mean, it's a dirt single track yeah. cut into a park, but nonetheless, like um, it scratches the itch. And that was exactly, I mean, by the time, you know, uh, my my indoor workout was only going to be uh, like an hour, I think, or an hour and a half. Uh, I think it was meant to be an hour that day. And so I budgeted my time accordingly and did not allow any sort of travel time. So when I had my, my fuck it moment and was like, I'm just grabbing the bike and going to go pedal. I was like, well, what's the closest dirt I can get to? Um, and it was a toss up. I was like, can I stretch it out to Bear Creek? Eh, it's a little bit far. So I went over to, to the Ruby Hill. XC course and apparently rode it the wrong direction. But some guy tell you that or what? No, I, I talked to Dan a little oh. bit later. Yeah, technically it's this direction. I guess they do it monthly or whatever. Yeah, I had a, another one of our team riders, Matt Oviet, who is on the No Rider on team. He rides there his gravel bike there mm-hmm. a lot, and he lives really close. To, I mean, he I could I could hit a driver to his house from here, and so he's real close to Ruby Hill and does that lunch all the time. 
And he said somebody just ate his lunch for going the wrong direction one day. But he said it was the guy that did it was going, you know, half his speed. And, <laughs> and so he uh, prescribed to, you know, my rule, which was I'm more aggressive. I go my way, move. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, really there, like you can see far enough. I can't, I, I, I get why they would have a directionality, but it's also not posted for shit. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, by the way, you know, time to give the sponsor a little bit of love. That bike is great. The North Dude. Revolver is really good. I was, is that what you rode? Last night too. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, how'd you feel about it? you did? You guys with the three sisters last night, and uh, how'd you feel about it on that trail? Um, I felt great. So I did something uh, that I haven't done which in the past, which is, I've always run what I call you know air quotes real tires on my on any bike that I'm on, meaning I'm usually paying a pound ish penalty in rotational mass. Um, on my bike, on my race bike, on the bike that's supposed to be light and fast and agile and all, right. all the speedy things. Um, and I, I said, no, this is a race bike. It should have race tires on it. So I threw on my Continental Cross King front tire and my Race King rear tire. You put the speedies on there. I, I went not full nerd because I still have a two three on front. No, but that's not so because yeah. I did the same thing. I'm like, yeah. it's give me a race bike, ride it like a race yeah. bike. I've been doing um, the cross race king too. So the 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 thirty second readers digest review of the bike is um it's fast. Um it's it, going fast. It handled really well. Um the tires were we had a little text message going with Bart the other day about the tires and that you we need said to respect, respect the tires. Respect that race king rear. And you know what? I got to say, um, I really focused on using the technique that I know I should use for cornering a bike and moving a bike around. And when you do that and have some respect for what that tire can and cannot do, um, it was great to the point where I PR'd some downhill sections. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I mean, they weren't, they were, it was, you know, it, it was of, of that trail network. It was a section that I've probably only ridden five times, but, you know, third time on a bike, first time on a real trail on that bike with sketchy tires PR'd and some sections. I felt the same way. And I've been doing the same thing too. I actually PR'd Chimney Gulch on that thing last Saturday. Yeah, there were some, some story. other elements to it, but nonetheless, um, I feel like it gets going really fast, really fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, no, it's a good bike. If you stop touching the brakes, that thing is going to scoot from you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the only thing that I'll probably end up doing is, uh, as much as I love Fox suspension in general, I don't love the damper on the 34 step cast. And so it makes it feel pretty harsh when you have volume spacers yeah. in, in, the, in the air spring. So I'll take those out just to get the front end feeling a little bit more plush. Back end felt. I was going to ask you that because, so I have the 34 step cast on my single speed and I had it on my Aweath, but we took out of, it comes like with two spacers yeah, with in two, there. We left one in. We left you. one in on both of those, but we left both All of them in on this and it beats you. It's. Yeah. I forgot to take them out of mine and I forgot to take them out of yours. Yeah, so I want, I've I actually I noticed that feeling difference and I was like, ah, don't make I've kind of been sensitive to the shop has been like you were saying before slam. So yeah. I've constantly learned how to like put a, a new derailleur. <laughs> Very self-sufficient. Totally. Like I'm just like, Hey dude, just give me tires. I'll just mount them myself because I got the compressor going. Um, but yeah, I'd like to get that out of there. Cause it, you feel the front end a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, overall love the bike. Super happy. I thought, um, I knew I was going to like the XTR drivetrain. I was a little worried about the XTR brakes. I haven't had positive experiences with those in the past, but um, they're good. Yeah. The whole bike's really good. Um, so, yeah, I had a ton of fun. Definitely, like, now I'm just riding outside. Like, I'm, it's it's, I'm going to continue to do it responsibly, and I'm really going to do my best to avoid um, what I consider to be peak times. And, you know, if I get to a trailhead and it's a total mob scene, I'll probably avoid it. Um, I'm going to probably try to take your approach of ride to the ride more, okay. uh, for a number of reasons, you know, volume's good. Staying out of the car is good. Um, it's, um, you know, I think that, uh, one of the things that frustrates me the most about, um, mountain bikers specifically, and, you know, this is speaking as one that we have in our mind, 
like what mountain biking should be. Just like you have in your mind, like you know how long it takes you to get to the grocery store from your house and back. So if you're like, oh, I need to go grab something real quick from the grocery store, you know how long it's going to take you. But the time that you have in your head was on that perfect day where you that hit time. Yeah, that you hit every green light. No one was in the, the checkout line was empty. Like, and so in your head, it's like it's eight minutes. But like with the exception of that one time, it's twelve to sixteen minutes. Yeah, we still think it's eight. Mountain bikers are the same way. Like, man. When I ride a trail, I want to rip it. I see the line is full speed. Well, it's not like that because there's other people there. You're not the only person there. And, and sometimes more packed right now than they yeah. would be in any other time in history. Yeah. And so I, people get, you know, they're like, oh, I was all right. I was busy. I couldn't do the You know what, dude? Riding's riding. And if you have that attitude, the COVID thing isn't as much of a limitator as it had, it really opened my blinders and expanded me to riding my mountain bike on road and riding my road bike on some dirt and riding the yeah, gravel just, bike a lot just doing and, whatever, yeah. and just pedaling and being like, it's all cool. And like riding a long travel bike on a short travel network and vice versa. Like if you love riding bikes, you love riding bikes and it doesn't really matter if you didn't get to ride it that perfect way, that perfect yeah. time. Like it's almost as if, if you get like, for instance, if you get a PR on the Cherry Creek trail on a Saturday or a Sunday, you're just an asshole. You know, because that trail is so full of people on a Saturday yeah. or Sunday. Like, you're just a dick. Like, that's not the time to do it. But you know what? You can still go out there and ride it. Um, and that's what that's what COVID taught me. It's just like, riding bikes is fun. Yeah. Um, circling back around to the race thing. We've talked about our Rogue Race series. Yeah, in the last podcast episode, we talked about it. Uh, we didn't officially launch that. But our first, I think... A lot of people's season opener was supposed to be May second. Ridgeline Rampage and um, dozens of riders that we know. Yeah. Um, and so, what did you do? Well, (laughs) (laughs) and and this ties in like guys keep training. Like you can race. You just have to make it. So, one of the, you you know, I talked about how much riding I did. Um, It was over seventy-five hours. Like it was a lot of riding in April, and it was a personal goal to get there. And I didn't travel anywhere, right? I didn't go on a trip. I, my gym, my business is closed down. I have a super dope adventure truck and I got all the gear. So I think many people thought I was going to be in, you know, insert blank, Sedona, Moab, wherever. All the places all the pla- definitely don't come here. Yeah, right. But um, yeah, Justin, you went to Sedona and you hung out there for three weeks. Of course you rode for 76 hours. Nope, I stayed at home. Yeah. Stayed at home just like you did. And that was part of what I wanted to do. But Work-wise, man, I feel like if I if I sat here and thought about it enough, I get emotional about how much I've underserved like my members. Like I literally haven't been able to coach people yeah. the way they rely on me, and I haven't been able to execute the mountain bike program um, the way that I launched it in January. Like I haven't been able to do what like I'm called to do on this planet, and it right. sucks. Yeah. So, with that said. Last week, uh, anybody that thinks J- Justin's being like <laughs> fake or, or pay- playing to the fucking audience, the guy's got tears in his eyes right now. Yeah, no, it uh, it sucks that that there's people that 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 need what I do, and I love to do what I do. So, um, so last week when Andy bailed on me on our bike pack jerk, I I rode on my own uh, on that Sunday, came home, stayed, you know, cooked dinner for the wife, and hung out. And then the next morning, I go, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to do like a Denver giddy up. Right, like the Golden Giddy Up, but from yeah. Denver. So I rode from the house uh, all the way out to Green Mountain, did a lap there, and then was like, yeah, I'll do Apex, and then I'll go down Chimney, and now I'll go over to North Table. And I pretty much did the Golden Giddy Up course, but from my house, including Green Mountain, and I got home, it was, like, it was 100K. And I was like, dude, that was awesome. That was last Monday. Fast forward, people are talking about Ridgeline Rampage, and it's going to be canceled, and it's, it's not happening. And you and I are chatting on Thursday, Thursday, mm-hmm. and I go, yeah, fuck it. I'm doing a 50 mile race on Saturday and put together the course that I had done just that Monday and um, launched the E3 XC MTB 50 miler sponsored by E3 Fitness, No Rider on Podcast, Base Camp Cyclery, in Norco, Shimano, Continental, Nixon's Coffee House, right? On and on and on. On and on and on. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't good enough just to do it. And I did it small because we're still in a stay at home order. So Harley and I, you know, we're chatting about this and uh, ended up inviting what ended up being about 20 people got invited. And this, these are people that 
I personally am coaching knowing that they have a race schedule and knowing Ridgeline was so important on it. And knowing they're self-sufficient enough, fit enough, you know, they, yes. can, they can do this in a way where, you know, so a race, if you need to pull out, there's oftentimes there's a sag wagon, meaning you don't have, like, you can bail out if you get hurt. There's staff. There's you know, people there to take care of you. So you kind of had to do something like this. Like we have to, the responsibility falls to us to kind of, kind of filter who's doing it with the confidence that they're going to stay safe. They're going to stay fed. If they have a mechanical, they can fix it. Yeah. You, if they get lost, they can get back home. You got to be a hundred percent self-sufficient. Cause yeah. I had, there's other people I wanted to invite. Yeah. But those people, I don't have the same wealth of knowledge and personal experience with their race history yeah. and being on a bike with them. I think everyone who showed up for the race on Saturday, uh, May 2nd here at E3, I had personally raced with or been at races with them. Right. So I was confident or about coached it. them or, or yeah, so, some intimate knowledge of yeah. what they, they can or can't And do. even them, they asked, you know, uh, I was very clear in all the instructions, like you could not access E3. So like the bathrooms weren't open beforehand because I couldn't be open, right? I yeah. get in trouble. Yeah. Um, guys with the guns will come right. each down. Right. <laughs> uh, on course, I, I wasn't answering questions. First off, I planned on being in the front, so yeah. you weren't going to see me. But even if you saw me, like you have to figure it out, and it's on you. So there was the GPX route. You had to have it downloaded. You had to follow it on your own. So there was some pretty – yeah, you're right. I, it was a smaller group invited because there, there were a lot of stipulations, yeah. and um, we had to know that everyone could do it. So ended up uh, ended up having 16 racers. Yeah, Two guys started early, uh, I think for some scheduling reasons. Um, and some personal, like social distancing yeah. reasons, Dan Larson being one of them. Okay. Um, he did, go, he was like super quiet in the chat and I was just like, Oh dude, he went, he went, yeah. uh, he started I, at seven 30. Uh, but, uh, Justin's rifling through his bag. I don't know if he needs a snack or what. No, no, I got the, uh, the race <laughs> results. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So, um, so you did, I, I did like, you sent a little, like you sent it as like a survey. I was like, what does, what do I need to do a fucking survey for? Uh, but it was your little race registration. So you did age groups and that was kind of it. Yeah. I did three age groups. A couple of reasons I did three age groups, uh, which was really nice. So I did an open 20 to 39, open 40 to 49 and 50 to 59. Uh, the 20 to 39 had 10 racers in it outside of Denver, which is where we were most of the time. You couldn't have groups more than 10. Well, officials, I only had 10 people in the 20 to 39 group, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we broke it up, uh, to have people be able to kind of race in the category. And so, Everybody met here. The race started at 9 a.m. on Saturday, May 2nd, from the start of E3. Now, uh, I'll tell you something that you don't know, but um, the people that did the race know, and so I'm going to tell you. I titled it the E3 XCMTB and not the No Ride Around XCMTB for one very specific reason. And that is, if I titled it No Ride Around, then you and I, we would be speaking from the same platform for one another. Right. So if I start to go right around race and I say something that maybe doesn't jive with you, mm -hmm. that's not fair because when I talk for no rider on, I'm talking for us. Right. Right. So I named the E3 and I made it obvious to these guys because I said, Hey dudes, I know there's like trail etiquette and these are public trails. I'm like, call out your passes and all that stuff, but remember you're freaking racing. So right. put your head down and go to work. And I knew that, uh, one of the things you always are keen on making me aware of is, Hey dude, like, just make sure, like, we're in public. Like, we don't want to be dicks. And I didn't want us to be dicks either. Yeah. But we did want to race. Right. <laughs> so that was a little distinction that I made. Well, and, you know, I had I politely asked for a 5 a.m. start. <laughs> you did. That was a very quick answer. Uh, I think with more planning, a 5 a.m. start's not unreasonable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then, the, like, being a dick doesn't matter. Yeah, no, no, I know. That does help. It's just, uh, it's a little early in the season for September. I'm joking. But anyway, we did a surprise for everybody, or, you know, there was a surprise for everybody. Uh, I went out of my way and I wanted this to be a race, right? So what's important with a race? What is racing effectively? Riding your bike with a number plate. Okay. So if you're going to have a race, you need a number plate. So we made freaking number plates the whole nine, dude. No, it's um, great. I, uh, I, I like, I saw the picture and like my heart broke just a little bit <laughs> because I was like, I want a number plate on my bicycle. <laughs> Even if I come in dead last, I want a number plate on my bicycle. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, people were pretty surprised when they pulled up and I, um, it, I actually, I had it, I handed one to Chad, uh, Chad Burrett 
And he goes, I knew you'd do something nerdy like this. And then I looked at him, you could tell, like, after he made that comment, and he lit up a little bit, and he went out there with his zip ties. Yeah. I had to go get zip, you know, everyone had, I brought zip but ties. He, and, but he like, probably had them in his car. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Uh, I, I did. Uh, the night- good bike racer has, like, some way to cut zip ties and zip ties in the car. Matter of fact, I gave one guy, I think, four instead of three, and he comes back to hand me one. And I go, no, dude, put that in your glove box. Like, you but should always have zip ties. going to need it. You should always have zip ties in there. Um, so we ended up, yeah, we ended up with 16 racers. And, uh, I did, again, I had done the course on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, we started off as awesome, awesome. like super group. Cause we, we all went off with the exception of the two. Yeah. And so we did a neutral rollout all the way until we got to Florida where there is a bike lane. So I picked this very safe route. Yeah. Um, and then you can open it up a little bit, but mm-hmm. everyone pretty much stayed together. Cause then you hit a light and it'd come back together and yeah. string out and come back together. So at one of the lights, I was like, Hey, uh, gentlemen's pee everybody. So for those yeah. that aren't familiar in the tour, like if, if, if someone in the lead pack has to piss and stops to piss, like the whole tour stop. No, they don't yeah, do that so much down. anymore. Like you don't but, attack during a bathroom break. Right, yeah. So I was like, uh, gentlemen, Pete. And so we all pull over, like, we're on the side of Florida. Pissing in somebody's front <laughs> yard. Just, we found, like, a little creek went through there or something. But we're all out there pissing. It was, it was wonderful. Uh, anyway, so it, it kind of got going. And then once you got to Green Mountain, we strung out a little bit. And then myself and – Chad and Jeff Murphy were off the front and then it ended up being, um, Jeff Murphy brought race cause there was so much road as well. He brought some, like he brought like one, eight race, like road gravel wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Super nerd. Oh yeah. So we, we got rid of him on green mountain. Um, and so it was Chad and I at the front. It was a race dude. Like I, I PR'd almost every section and well, what was your time when you did it by yourself? By myself, I was just over five hours and you were, you were riding, Still trying to start. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What you when you you and Chad were chasing each other? Four hours and thirteen minutes. So you could comfortably <laughs> say you improved on your time by an hour over the same course. Or the or, same, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Vir- virtually over the same course. Yeah. yeah. We were hammering. It looks fast, dude. Is so thirty or fifty? I can't tell. Right. He's uh, <laughs> he's still in his. I think he's in his late twenty, maybe very early thirty. I think he's late twenty still. Um, but we're we're. Uh, Never tell when a guy has like a really bushy handlebar mustache, oh, like no. if they I'm were like a trucker that just found bike riding or what. <laughs> right. No, yeah, he's he's younger dude, super fast. Uh, and so I thought he had a roadie background, right? Yeah. So we're together, we're riding together, and then uh, we end up, we get to Chimney, and he's on Apex. He's kind of like right behind me on Apex on the climb. I'm like, dude, I so he's climb, but he's. Now getting some of the, he doesn't ride as much as I do. So we're getting kind of he's caught in the tech stuff, but he bridges right away. We get to the chimney descent and I end up dropping him, which I'm like, sweet. Cause I have to pee again. Yeah. So, um, I get to the halfway point and I'm able to sneak a pee out right as he's coming in and I'm like, all right, I'm going to jump on the trail and get in front of him again. I'll drop him on the second half of chimney. And dude is on me. Like I'm talking like a TGR movie on me, you know, like, <laughs> rubber on rubber on the whole descent and that's a gnarly chunky yeah so he's like on it on me and we finish up in golden now he goes man i haven't had an arm pump like that since college and i was like oh yeah he goes yeah not since racing downhill in college and i go huh what? and he goes yeah, yeah i went to school at fort lewis in durango and raced downhill uh won two national championships <laughs> oh my god dude no wonder i'm like yeah. in my throat this whole ride Dude's like a two-time national champion. He's a and a hell of a nice guy, too. Such so, a nice guy. So, um, anyway. Well, cool. let's, I mean, yeah. so, I, the, before we get to the results, um, I would love to put a challenge out, because we have listeners all over the country. I would love to put a challenge out, whether it's two people or, or, or 20 people. Like, racing's probably canceled where you are. Make a race. Just put it together. It, you don't realize... I didn't do anything other than shit. We have listeners all over the world, right? We do. We do. We did. We didn't do anything other than went to Strava, hit creator out, spent 20 minutes creating the route, sent out the GPX file in an email, picked a time to start. Now I went ahead and had some number, number plates printed. Call your local FedEx or Kinko's or don't and it, or don't get right on your shirt, whatever. Make it as simple or as elaborate as you want it to be. We're nerds. So of course we're going to make yeah. it elaborate. But what you don't realize is that like, it just takes, it takes one catalyst to do a tiny bit of organization. Everyone wants to do it, but we get caught up in our own like routines, tiny bit of organization 
And it was an event that will, like, my number plate's hanging up in my garage. Right. With all of the other races. It was super legit. Yeah. That number plate's right there with it. I mean, it's no let. I mean, somebody won, somebody lost. Yeah. <laughs> there were times there was, it was an event. And I will tell you this. It's a little bit of a cheat if you do have the number plate. Because even though this wasn't a sanctioned event, they were on public <laughs> trails. People saw number plates and got out of the way. Like, yeah. More trail yielding than I've ever seen before. Now it also helped. We had like thirteen no ride around kits out there, which was super sweet. Um, um, but yeah, guys, I mean, not to diminish, you know, we had the race director for Old Man Winter on Josh. Um, so certainly not to diminish any capacity. Once we learned more about what goes into that, what those guys do, because what they do is massive scale. But if you want to race, get ten friends and race, like. Just do, just do that. Like there will be racing this year. Yeah. Just, uh, the, the purpose of this, these early season races too, is you don't really hang your hat necessarily on the race that you won in May because you probably have like a bigger thing planned for yourself, right? Like my A race is maybe in August or, mm-hmm. or July or August or yeah. September, right? Very rarely is a race in May. Right. Yeah. It's just part of getting you ready for the race. Yeah. And without those though, you're severely limited because yeah. like you said, I cut 47 minutes off my time, give or take, yeah. because it was a race, and I'm using finger quotes. Yeah, Racing makes you try harder. Yeah. Um, so go race, yeah. even by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, on to the results, because I'm, I'm, I I'm curious to hear. So uh, Chad and I came in at... Like seconds apart. We came in together, uh, but we debated about it quite a while. <laughs> So when we got out of North Table Mountain and got on the road, you know, like oh, we, we and we were quite a ways ahead of of the rest of the field, so we kind of just chill pedal back. But you're two racers, so no one chill pedals. So we're alternating poles, alternating poles, and then part of me is thinking like, dude, I don't know if I can hold on. The other part of me is thinking like, what's the best way to go about this? I've invited him to join our team, right? I was like, Chad, you know what, dude, you can have the win, and I go. I'm not saying that because, like, you need me to give it to you because I think you could just take it anyway. But I'm just saying, dude, like, we'll just call it that way. Let's just ride in. You yeah. get first place. So, because I kind of wanted us just to ride, right? I looked down. Dude, Harley, we didn't drop below 300 watts for the <laughs> 17 miles of road back to E3. Like, and there was a time we get to a hill and he gets out of the saddle and he hammers up. And I'm like, this. So I hammer up. We get, and there's a red light. And so we both stop. And he goes, I go, man, my legs. And he goes, dude, me too. Thank God you said that. Cause I was like smoked and I'm thinking I can't do that anymore. I'm like, yeah, that was probably like my last attack, dude. I'm all the way out of it. And we ride for like another 10 minutes and then I attack Something a little area like yeah. and then he attacks. So we just do this jostling the whole way back. So, uh, Chad stood on the top box. Nice. I stood on the box next to him. And then, uh, Jeff Murphy stood on the third box. Right. Um, Jeff did great dude. He's been training his butt off. He did a really good job. Uh, we had a lot of interpretations of the course. I saw, I mean, it's, Downloading a GPX file and then like being able to execute it are two different things. Well, so, you know, uh, like general public, um, GPS is like a 10 foot range. It's, that's pretty close. Like your phone right now is within 10 feet of where you are at all times. That's pretty close. Unless you're on a mountain bike trail network where there are forks and branches where you could pass a turn and then 10 feet later not know you've passed the turn. And so that does make it a little bit more difficult now. Um, Again, they had the route, and, and a lot of people did it correct, but a lot of people missed three miles or did four extra or did two extra. So um, as I go through here from, like, the numbers that are not on the top box, um, Chamberlain rolled through. He ended up with about 54 miles, but he was actually the third person back. Mm-hmm. He was super fast um, and just missed a chunk, uh, missed a loop missed on North Table. Okay. Missed a loop. Um, full course, next guy in, Colin Donovan crushed. Nice. So – he rolled in. He had uh, five hours and 40 minutes for 60 miles, 59.85 miles. He did the right course. The right the course was right at 59 miles. All in the mail. Um, and he he sent it and came in. He took his age group, but also uh, came in in the top five riders, which nice. was which was really cool. Yeah. Um, we had so many people do, you know, Dan, like to call him out, Larson did. Uh, that's his longest ride on a bicycle in his life, 62 miles. Grand Traverse. 
Greg's Vers only 40 miles. Oh. Now it's more elevation. Right. Now this still had, yeah, we had yeah. 5,600 feet that's elevation. A I mean, that's a big day on a bike. It was a big day. 5,600 yeah. feet elevation gain, 58 miles. That yeah. was the course. Um, he rode 62 miles, so we got a little extra. Um, little bonus. But uh, longest day he's ever had on a bike, which was really good. Uh, talking with uh, talking with Ben Ellison, he the best he's ever felt after a 50-mile ride. He came in, he was at uh, 49.95 miles. And I was like, like go do you lost your mind. And he's like, you're right. And he rides around a lot. That's 50.4. Got Kaysen off his bike for the first time in a in the season, really, like yeah. for a real well, good effort. He did effort. age fella. He did age fella. Um, and then he's been, you know, he works government stuff. Yeah. So a lot of that's been shut down. Yeah. So he's been riding with the family, which is awesome. And yeah. I'm sure he loves the family time, but it's not the same intensity. So you're not going to get training intensity. Yeah. So it's good to have him out there. Um, we had, you know, Everyone did great. Yeah, um, nice. Brendan Ahern learned how to repair a broken chain <laughs> and keep racing, um, which was killer. Something you need to learn. Yeah. Uh, Bart Davidson crushed a speed too. He he came in with Colin. Him and Colin came in at the exact same time, at five hours and forty minutes. Nice. Um, and dude, he was he was hammering it. So yeah. just great event all the way around. That's awesome. Well, I think uh, there's another one on the books. Yeah, so May 16th. You were cursing at your computer. Yeah, just got <laughs> well, Strava for as great as it is in building a route, um, there's a, a popular, you can select a popular route and it kind of auto picks yeah. or yeah. manual mode, which is a bit more laborious. And uh, sometimes popular route like fights you. But um, the next race, the race course is built. It will be on May 16th. Um, what we will end up doing is it's 51.8 miles and 4,400 feet of climbing. And uh, that was supposed to be Battle of the Bear, mm-hmm. which obviously is not not on either. So we will be using that course. So we'll be hitting Bear Lake State Park. We'll be hitting Mount Falcon. We'll be hitting Lair of the Bear. And we'll be hitting the road segments all in between those to connect it all. Nice. Um, nice. Well, hopefully I can finagle a way to get out on that one. We're getting you out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's just going to go into the bike shop, punch everybody in the face and be like, I'm yeah. taking Harley. I'm going to be like, you're all unconscious now. And the door is locked. So <laughs> when you wake up, here's a DoorDash coupon. <laughs> uh, no, like you, here's the deal. You would have not been at work if battle of the bear was on. Right. Period. And you just got done saying to the general public racing is racing with a number plate and just go do the damn thing. Even if the races are off. So I'm going to challenge you in the next thir- 12 days <laughs> to view it the same way for yourself because yes. um like i love you like a brother and want you there um but you're not starting at 5 a.m no <laughs> it's the race it's the race <laughs> <laughs> um, part of it is you know if you start at 5 a.m and you finish five hours later you need to bring 30 degrees worth of clothes yeah which is tough yeah. right unless um, you get a major heat wave because yeah. much i love the revolver dude and it is super dope it's only got one bottle cage. One bottle cage. It's brutal. <laughs> Dude, come on, guys. It's an XC bike. Come on. Uh, well, uh, yeah, so that's the 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 jumping off point for this this podcast, uh, this episode was uh well what how how do you do more episodes when you have a podcast about bike racing, but there's no bike racing? Yeah, the answer, the answer is just make bike races. Yeah, make bike races. I think that we've tapped into something that will be could be huge i think regardless of what happens with covid coronavirus government you know shutdowns moving forward i think this is probably something that we just keep doing until some government official gives us a massive fine and tells us to stop good we are now officially (laughs) learning what it's like to be race directors promoters and ultimately and this is what i told uh the racers when we started on on saturday was you're out here alone you're racing alone um but we are a giant community yeah. and, uh, and when you're out there suffering and you don't have headphones in, Evan, yeah. no, you don't wear headphones on a bike race. Okay. Uh, he didn't, he just asked. I had right. to, I had to scold Roger yesterday. Roger lives here now, which is awesome. Welcome Raj. <laughs> uh, but he like, we're getting, getting ready to go ride and he has his little headphones. I'm like, no headphones. He's like, but these are the ones I was like, no headphones. Yeah. It's like, if you want to wear headphones, ride by yourself. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> But we, you know, even when you are alone in those little segments, um, to know that there are a bunch of other dudes out there, maybe in the same kit as you, well, or the solidarity, like yeah, they're somewhere on the course. But I think right now, like during COVID, I don't know about you, but I, the communal feeling of being a human being Wait. is at a very low level right now. Yeah, 
Because people aren't, you don't talk, you don't high, you don't high five, you don't hug, you don't bro shake. There's just, there's so much just closed off Uh attitude um, that, that I got done with that ride. And dude, I was so heart filled. We sat outside of E3. It was, it's closed. We sat outside there eating snarf sandwiches and hanging out. And you're like, this is it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, um, everybody stay, stay healthy and ride your bike and make some bike races and let us know if you do. We want to hear all about it. I want to know if some maniac in Australia strings together some Tasmanian devil bike race. (laughs) Chase the kangaroo race. Um, And then also, you know, we've, we've done it, but hashtag ride to the ride. Let's see some of that popping up too. Yeah, guys, get out there, challenge yourselves. uh, Pick your head up. A lot of us got the head down. Pick the head up. Dust your bike off if it is. Get to your local bike shop if you need to. And do the damn thing. No ride around. Thanks for listening, y'all. So get the fuck out! Yo, we! You're done! So get the fuck out! Yo, we! You're done! So get the fuck out!